Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up on today's episode, it's power ranking time. We'll see if the Jets can crack the top 10 after their busy offseason. But first, a word from our friends over at DraftKings, and that's because college football season is right around the corner, and to celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving you the chance to get into the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet a dollar or more on any college football game. That's right, just $1.00 can win you up to $200 in free bets instantly. Maybe you like Alabama to go undefeated. Maybe you think John Harbaugh is actually going to be worth the money that Michigan's paying him. Not likely. Whatever the bet may be, it's that simple, that easy. So make sure to head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts that they're offering. And as always, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable Super, super easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. So, the Athletic is at it again with the Winnipeg Jets. Last week, it was Pierre Lebrun's piece stating the Jets were the most improved team in the NHL, which we got into in a couple of episodes. This week, it's the classic Power rankings that gets every hockey fan so damn fired up, and it won't be any different with this one. 
You know, it's funny. I always laugh reading the comments. I, uh, that's the first place I go to is the comment section of Power Rankings articles because you see every fan of every team, and it doesn't matter which team, but they're always pissed off. They're always freaking out that their team is ranked way too low and they don't get any respect. And I'm like, come on, guys. It's a Power Rankings article. No need to, to freak out over here, especially because it's before the season gets underway. It's so I, I always laugh at that. It was funny. Until I saw that in the Athletics Power Rankings article, they had the Flyers 20th, and I had to do rage push-ups until I cooled off. That's a lie. I'm super lazy. I haven't worked out in over a year. I just angrily texted my brother that everyone underestimates Philly. So, I mean, that's neither here nor there. So, I, I do get the fan angst about this. But the real reason I bring this up is that Dom LeShijan and Sean John Teal, in their first NHL Power Rankings of this offseason... Unleash their rankings. And the Winnipeg Jets are ranked 7th. That's right. 7th in the entire NHL. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I was pretty shocked to find them in the 7th spot. And look, I'm like most people here in Winnipeg and in Manitoba who think the Jets had a great offseason. But 7th, right? Like, that's a... I don't know, it just it seemed like a really, really big jump, especially with how the postseason ultimately ended up going in that uh, pretty disappointing sweep to the Montreal Canadien. So the only way to find out if 7th is too high for the Winnipeg Jets is to come up with my own list here. And, and we'll see if there are, you know, more than six hockey teams that are better situated heading into this upcoming season than the Winnipeg Jets are. So that's exactly what I did. And we're going to have some fun with this. I mean, it's August. We're a ways out from training camp even starting, let alone the regular season. So let's get into it here. It's Power Rankings 1.0 Skates and Plates Edition. Time to get to the list. Now, a few things jumped out to me in doing this. The first is that there are both good and bad tiers heading into this season. And, and I think there's a pretty significant gap between these teams. I'm going to jump to the top and the bottom. I'm, I'm kind of going to go all over the place here, so so bear with me. But let's start at the top of the list here. And to me, there's a clear separation with the three best teams in the NHL right now. Even with the many departures, including their entire second or third line, whichever way you want to rank them, I think we have to put the back-to-back -back cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning at the top of the peak. At the top of the mountain. I think that's a fair point. We'll see if they can get back there or if they'll be as formidable as they have been these past few years. But I think that's a fair spot and an easy decision for me. Also easy, following them up with the Colorado Avalanche in the two-hole. The President's Trophy winners. Some losses there, but all in all, they're going to be a damn good team once again. And then I have the Golden Knights third. You know, despite losing Marc-Andre Fleury for, for nothing, they still have Robin Leonard. They play in the worst division in hockey, and they've been consistently the best team in one of the best teams in hockey these last few seasons. I don't really anticipate a huge drop off from them, even with Flurry's departure. So I have Vegas in the three hole. Then I have another tier from four to six. Some really good teams, but maybe just a cut below what the top three have to offer. And it sounds weird to say this, but I don't know how we could ignore the evidence any longer. The Islanders have to be the fourth best team in the NHL at this point. Do they not? Back-to-back -back Eastern Conference Final runs. The only team that's beaten them is the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you could make the case that they've been the ones to give the Lightning their toughest test 
for sure this past season, maybe even two seasons in a row now. And Barry Trotz is an actual coaching wizard. I, I, I don't know how he does it, but Barry Trotz is the best coach in the NHL. So the Islanders occupy the fourth spot. They're followed by, yes, I got him there. The Toronto Maple Leafs at number five. And I know people are probably rolling their eyes at this. But let's look at this objectively. While it will be very funny when they melt down to the first round of the playoffs once again this upcoming season, the fact remains the Leafs are a great regular season team. And I don't see why that would stop this year. There's legitimate concerns come playoff time. But a power rankings is just looking at, I guess, the best teams heading into this upcoming season. And the Maple Leafs, even with all their playoff scar tissue, I think have the talent. They ran away with the North Division last year. I think they're going to cruise to another playoff spot this year. I have them in the five hole. And then maybe a bit of a surprise, maybe not. I've got the Florida Panthers at sixth. I mean, the Panthers were legitimately a great team last year. I mean, Joel Quenville is is obviously one of the best coaches in, in NHL history, let alone one of the best in the NHL right now. And he got the Panthers playing great hockey. They added Sam Reinhart, which I think has completely gone under the radar this offseason. And Aaron Ekblad is expected to be ready to go for game one next year. So I think Florida's just got a really, really solid team. And maybe even Spencer Knight takes over the crease from Sergei Bobrovsky, and, and they continue to, to challenge the other teams in a really, really difficult Atlantic division. So I have the Panthers at number six. Now we jump to the other end of the spectrum, the worst of the worst. And greatest tank battles in history will have an epic showdown, a new episode this year. The same way <laughs> that Tampa Bay has earned their top spot, Buffalo has more than earned their bottom spot, the spot at the bottom of the barrel. Hey, you got to respect the hustle. Um, but I have the Buffalo Sabres 32nd now. You know, it's funny. Sabres fans thought, can it get any lower? It actually can because now you're 32nd in the NHL instead of 31st. Although Arizona is going to give them a major run for their money this year after, after a complete fire sale, trading all their goalies, trading a bunch of forwards and defensemen. That's going to be kind of an intriguing battle as far as like a warped, you know, punishment sense. Who's going to be able to earn the rights to have, you know, the best odds going into the draft lottery this upcoming season, Buffalo or Arizona? I'll tell you what, I'll see if DraftKings has this as a betting option, but I guarantee this upcoming season, we get another absolutely embarrassing game between Buffalo and Arizona, where the fans cheer against their own team in the race for the number one pick. It's funny that these two teams are going to be at it again, but that's not going to shock me whatsoever. I think Arizona-Buffalo are miles ahead in terms of sucktitude this upcoming season. And so I have, right now, Buffalo, assuming a Jack Eichel trade happens at the bottom of the barrel, Arizona right behind them. 30-25 to 25 see some familiar names. I'm not expecting much from Columbus in the 30th spot. Uh, they're followed by Anaheim, Detroit, and San Jose. LA and New Jersey had good off seasons, but I've got them at 26 and 25. The Devils, it seems like, have won the offseason three years in a row, and I'm not buying them just yet. They're obviously much improved. They're going to be a tough out this season. I do still have some concerns about both their depth down the middle, you know, some really talented guys, but still super young there. And Lindy Ruff as a head coach. So I'm going to have New Jersey improve, but still well outside the playoff picture. Rounding out the 20s, I've got Nashville at 24th. 
I think a lot of people would agree with that. I don't I don't know if it's all that surprising. It's just maybe a bit surprising to see the Predators that low after they've been so consistently good for so long. But the Ryan Ellis trade is a massive, massive blow. And they just, they I mean, Nashville's had a great decor for a long time, but they've lost enough pieces there that I don't think they're able to replace him this upcoming season. And I wonder if Matthias Ekholm is going to follow him out the door. It just, it seems like the Predators are about to enter rebuild mode. And I just don't think they have the horses to contend with the rest of the solid teams in the Central, let alone the other teams in the NHL. I actually have Ottawa 23rd. And I'd have the Senators higher, but I don't know if you could trust the goaltending there in Ottawa right now, right? I mean, is is Matt Murray ever going to regain his form? That looks doubtful at this point. And I just don't know if their young goalies are going to be ready enough right now. But the Sens are going to be a tough out again this upcoming season. They're going to be super, super fun to watch, but maybe a year away from being a playoff bubble team at the very least. The next three teams after that all reside in the Pacific Division. And I've got Vancouver, Seattle, and Calgary in in descending order there. And look, I, I don't think a whole lot separates either team. And... I don't really care to get into it all that much right now. I mean, Seattle looks to be tough to score against, but they've got major, major offensive questions. Calgary still hasn't replaced Mark Giordano to a team that struggled last year in the North Division. And I'm, I'm just not sure what to make out of Vancouver yet, despite Ekman Larson and, and Connor Garland coming over. So for now, I'm just going to lump them all together and we cry later. We cry later when one of them grabs 90 points and gets third spot of the Pacific and a guaranteed playoff spot while the Jets and all these other teams are in an absolute bloodbath battle. You know, maybe trying to get to 100 points and grabbing a playoff spot. Then we get into the teens, and I've got Minnesota 19th. Uh, Unless the Wild have another move or two up their sleeves, I just don't see them catching the clubs ahead of them for a playoff spot. Montreal is 18th for me. I wonder... I don't know. It seems like it's it's really one way or the other. You know, when it comes to sides of the spectrum with the Habs, a lot of people look at their last two regular seasons where they finished twenty third and twenty fourth, and say, "Look, this is just a, a not a great team that got hot at the right time." But there's also people that are going to say, "Look, they were just a couple wins away from winning the Stanley Cup. They've been good in two consecutive playoffs right now. You know, playing some some pretty stiff competition." And their young guys are only going to get better as they obviously get older. I'm going to split the difference there. I I just don't think, I I think, I don't want to say Mirage, this last playoff run. I just don't think Montreal is going to get back to that level. And the loss of Shea Weber obviously is is a massive, massive blow to the Canadian. I don't know. I, I just look at the division they're in too. And I just don't see them catching any of Tampa, Toronto, Boston, or Florida. It might just be you know, an unfortunate draw that they've gotten there. And maybe if the Habs are in the Pacific, they kind of cruise to a playoff spot there. But I've got Montreal at 18th, as well as the Carey Price issue. We'll see how healthy he is going to be at the start of the year. So that leaves us teams 7 through 17. And this is where things got extremely interesting for me. Because, and I didn't expect this going in, but I think there's a reasonable argument that by the end of this season, these teams could find themselves in any one of these spots, 7 through 17, in the NHL. They're all talented enough, in my opinion, to crack the top 10 and and maybe be, you know, a fringe 
Stanley Cup contender, but there's also enough flaws that could push them into kind of a fringe playoff team. You know, I think all these clubs, I guess they all can make the playoffs, but, you know, they're all right in that mix. I think they stay there throughout the season, but it is, I don't know, you could convince me that you could piece and move around each and every one of those teams, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I could buy that. So that was intriguing to me. It's it's a large, large group of teams. And, you know, to be honest, on top of it, you could probably include Florida in the mix here as well, even though I have them at number six. I just can't remember a time where there was this large, like a, a group this big of teams that were not quite contenders, but not necessarily outside the playoff picture too. So it sets up to be a really, really chaotic season, which is going to be fascinating to keep tabs on. But I think I was able to come to a consensus on who fits where here. So let's continue counting down. We are down to teams 7 through 17. Let's start with the 17th spot. I have to go to the Chicago Blackhawks here. I mean, they made a ton of moves. I actually like the majority of their moves too. I know the Seth Jones contract has been panned by many. And to be honest, I think it's an overpay. But he's going to make their team immensely better. And I think he's going to have a really, really good bounce back season. And I'll tell you what, if he's paired with Jake McCabe, that's going to be a sneaky good top pairing across the NHL. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury obviously stabilizes the goaltending. He and Kevin Lankadin give Chicago a a pretty competent one-two punch there. And if Jonathan Taves is anywhere close to the Taves of, of years past, you know, I think Chicago is a good team this upcoming season. I don't know if it's enough to find themselves a playoff spot in what's shaping up to be a really, really competitive central division. But I think Chicago is definitely going to be in the conversation moving forward. I just, I do wonder about the rest of their decor and then the bottom six that they have there. I think there's enough question marks, you know, to to push them away from the rest of the teams that we'll get into here. Now, 16th, this is where things kind of got difficult for me. I went with Washington at the 16th spot. And again, we're kind of splitting hairs here. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot that separates any of these teams. I think we're talking anywhere from two to three points by the time the season comes to a close. But I just, you know, maybe I'm trying to get a year early as opposed to a year late on Washington's demise starting. But they're really old. Like, they're really, really old. And I don't know... If the question marks in net have been answered with Samsonov and and Vanacek, I think there's still a decent amount to wonder about what you're going to get with those two. Brendan Dillon, obviously a big loss for them, and the Capitals didn't really replace him. They're basically expecting a team that got bounced, or that has been bounced in back-to-back opening rounds, to find a way to, I guess, drink from the fountain of youth and get to where they were a few seasons ago. And I just don't see it. I, I think we see a bit of a fallback. A good team but not the great Capitals teams that we've seen in the past. 15. We get into the top half of the league now. We still haven't mentioned the Winnipeg Jets. We'll get to them later on. (laughs) But 15, a Central Division team. I've got the St. Louis Blues there. You know, it's funny because I actually think the Blues have had a a really good offseason. You know, the Sod signing is a nice piece of business. I thought they absolutely hit a major, major home run with the Bucinavich trade with the Rangers, not really given a whole lot to grab a really talented play. Obviously, maybe an improvement over Jaden Schwartz this past year. But I don't know. I've just never been high on St. Louis since since that run to the Cup. And I still have my doubts about Jordan Bennington. 
And I wonder, too, about the blue line. You know, I, I'm a big Colton Pareko fan, but Tory Crew didn't have the best year for them. And, and I wonder if Falk and Scandella are going to be able to hold up as, as top four options all season long. So I'm, I don't know. I, I think you could make a case that St. Louis should be higher. Personally, though, I've just never been a big believer in what the Blues are doing there. And I'm going to have them in the 15th spot. The Edmonton Oilers are 14th for me, and I I don't really have a good idea on where to put Edmonton this year because, you know, Edmonton, look, I don't think the Zach Hyman deal is going to pay off in the long run for the Oilers. I think that's a contract they're going to regret. But this upcoming season, I don't think they'll regret it at all. Like, he's, Zach Hyman's legitimately a great player. I, I think he's a an absolutely fantastic addition to Carter McDavid's line. I expect that's where he's going to suit up. You know, I, I think their forward core might be the best in the NHL. You've got two, I mean, two of the top, what, three forwards in the league. You know, like we mentioned, Zach Hyman, Warren Fogle is a sneaky good pickup. And Derek Ryan, I think, is a good addition to the bottom six. You know, they just needed some NHLers there. And they picked up three NHLers and a couple of good ones at that. But their blue line, I just, I can't, I can't do it. I just can't believe it. I'm not buying the Duncan Keith hype. That he's going to be able to, you know, not turn back the clock, but be successful, be a good, solid defenseman for them just by dialing back his minutes. I just think there's too much wear and tear on the tires for Duncan Keith. Cody Cece, I'm not so sure about as well. And, I mean, how likely is it that we see Mike Smith have a borderline Vesna campaign again this season? Right? Like, he can, I guess. But I just don't know if I'm going to buy it. So, I think there's enough question marks to push Edmonton you know away from the top 10 in my opinion but they've got the talent to to easily I think be somewhere in that you know maybe even 5-6 range I just think there's enough question marks right now you know we'll see come game 40 if they can push themselves a little bit closer to that I do have them as a playoff team I just don't know how close to contending status they're going to be this season uh 13 and 12 The Battle of Pennsylvania continues. You guys know what I'm going to do here. I'm not going to put the Flyers behind the Penguins. So I got Pittsburgh 13 and Philly at number 12. So that leaves us still 789-10-11. We haven't mentioned the Winnipeg Jets just yet. 11th. I'm going to go with the Dallas Stars. So obviously I have the Winnipeg Jets ahead of the Dallas Stars. I've got the Jets at second in the Central right now, but I think it's close I just I feel like a lot of people maybe are sleeping on Dallas going into this year because of and I think it's important to remember they had just a nightmare season last year. You know, short off season going to the cup final. Their entire team basically got COVID in training camp. The season got postponed for them. Half their team got injured on top of it. Sagan barely played. Ben Bishop didn't play at all. Um, Rupe Hintz was badly in injury all season long and still put up a, a tremendous campaign for him. So I, I don't know. I, I kind of like Dallas as a, as a sneaky dark horse heading into this season. You know, Ryan Suter got paid way too much money, but for this season, he's going to give them a boost on the back end and was a nice replacement for Jamie Alexiak at least. I think Dallas is going to be a solid, solid team and a tough out. And so I've got them at the 11th spot. Which leads us into our top 10 here. I do have the Winnipeg Jets in the top 10 of my power rankings 1.0 of the offseason. But that's as far as I put them. I can't I can't agree with the Athletic. 
and have the Winnipeg Jets 7th. So I'm going to put them in the 10th spot heading into this upcoming season. I think it's basically a coin flip right now between them and Dallas. But I don't know. I'll, I'll drink the Kool-Aid a little bit. I'll, I'll take a glass of blue and a glass of red Kool-Aid and have the Jets at number 10. You know, well, before we get into why I have the Jets at 10, I'll, I'll go through the, the 7, 8, 9 that I have there and, and who I have ahead of the Winnipeg Jets. All teams out east. I've got Boston at number 7. I mean, the loss of Krejci really, really hurts. I mean, the potential loss of Tukarask is a big blow as well. But... I think there's another move or two up the Bruins' sleeves, and how can you bet against Boston? Like, how many years in a row do they have to be essentially at the top of the standings for you to realize that, you know what, they've just got, they've got a special organization there. They, they just find a way each and every year, despite losses here and there, to continually compete and go for divisions, go for conference finals runs, go for Stanley Cup finals runs. I, I think they're going to do... The same again this year because, let's face it, they've got the best line in hockey. And Taylor Hall on the second line is, is pretty damn good. And I think Boston has maybe the most underrated defensive core in the entire NHL. And Linus Allmark was, you know, a pretty good replacement at least for Tuka Rask. So I'll have the Bruins at 7, which leaves us New York and Carolina battling it out. Well, I guess along with the Islanders for top spot in the Metro. I went with the Rangers at 8. And the Hurricanes at 9. You know, I've thought for a few years now that the Rangers are actually pretty overrated. And to be fair, I was I was proven right. A lot of people picked them as a playoff team. Maybe a sneaky playoff team these past few seasons. They haven't quite reached that level. But they may be, out of any team, made the biggest move this offseason. The most impactful move. And that's the hiring of Gerard Gallant as their head coach over David Quinn. I, I wondered if David Quinn was holding back the Rangers to some extent, but Gallant, in my opinion, with what he's done with Vegas and even going back to Florida, he's a top five coach in the NHL. Like, that's a major, major upgrade. And I think just Gerard Gallant alone is enough to push the New York Rangers up a few notches. I think they're going to be a no doubt about it playoff team this upcoming season. And they might be someone that could really rise up the rankings when you potentially see major, major improvements from Lafreniere, Capocacco, and Igor Shosturkin as well. And you have the Randy Norris Trophy winner on top of that. So I got the Rangers at 8, Hurricanes at 9. I mean, Carolina suffered a lot of losses this offseason. But let's not forget, Rod Brindamore is a hell of a coach. A ton of talent up front still. You know, Slavin <laughs> continues to be one of the more underrated defensemen in hockey. A no doubt about it, number one. And while I think they may have downgraded Annette, you know, Ranta and Anderson is still a pretty decent goaltending tandem. And maybe with both of them playing a 50-50 split and getting 40 games, maybe you get the boast out of both of those guys that way. So I think Carolina is still going to be super competitive. But I got the Jets 10th. I think that's a damn good spot to be in right now if you're a Winnipeg fan. You know, going into this offseason, I don't know if a lot of Jets fans were optimistic that they'd be able to crack the top 10 or be near it but give Kevin Chevrolet off credit I mean there's in my opinion no team has short up their weakness as good as the Winnipeg Jets have this offseason I don't want to say it's a position of strength for them I, I'm not going to go that far but the Jets have a good defense core I don't think it's great or really good but I, I think it's good and I think the fact that they can go into this season with potentially 
three second pairings, you know, solid is okay. Solid is okay when you have the best goaltender potentially on the planet between the pipes. And then you have an elite forward core. Some may call it overrated. I think there's still a lot of talent. I think the improvements on the back end is going to lead to a much more improved forward group this upcoming season. I think at both ends of the ice. I think we see a little more offense out of some players because the Jets don't spend as much time defending and they get onto the attack and transition. But I think defensively they're going to be better as well because Brennan Dillon and Nate Schmidt are going to be massive, massive improvements over the players that have been here the past couple of seasons. So that's it. Power Rankings 1.0. The Winnipeg Jets find themselves in the 10th spot. We'll see if that continues. We'll see if they can keep that going or if maybe a team or two makes a move to jump ahead of them and leapfrog the Jets for that 10th spot. But let me know what you guys think. I'm really, really intrigued to see where Jets fans have the club ranked after an offseason that's got the entire city buzzing. So hit me up on Twitter, at Brandon underscore Rewiki, at SkatesPlatesPod. Let me know what I've got right, what I've got wrong, and share where you have the Winnipeg Jets in your rankings. Do you have them 10th? Are they maybe a bit higher, or should they, you know, cold water here, let's put them back a little bit closer to the middle of the pack. Let me know what you think again on Twitter at Brandon underscore Wiki, and we'll get to all your responses in Friday's episode, and maybe we'll put together a, an average ranking to see where the city of Winnipeg has the Jets heading into this season. But that wraps it up. That's it for Tuesday's show here. Coming up on Friday, like I mentioned, we'll get to your comments on Power Rankings 1.0, and we've got a big rig stopping by. That's right, Jim Toth joins the show after Westy joined the pod last week, so we'll have some fun with the man that has the second best hair from 1290's The Big Show. I had to throw that in there quickly. But thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Berwicki. We're back on Friday. Peace.